And so we have to realize that our immune system is a muscle. And we want to ask, is our muscle, is our immunity getting stronger or weaker? And so exposure, proper exposure, along with good immune support strategies actually allows us to get stronger. We want to build our immune muscle. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutritionist, and I'm the host on this podcast. And I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Hey friends, today we are talking about the top 12 immune support strategies to prevent illness. We know that the coronavirus pandemic has really been shaping our society for the last several weeks. Whole countries um, you know, basically are, are on shutdown. Um, we're all being socially distanced. We're all practicing that, staying in our homes. Uh, it's obviously affecting our economy. And so what we have to ask is what is coronavirus and what can we do about it? And so we know coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that cause illness ranging from common cold to more severe diseases like pneumonia, MERS, and SARS. And most people that get infected have mild symptoms from it. However, some individuals can certainly be uh, more at risk. And this is going to be elderly individuals and also uh, people that have comorbidities, things like diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, uh, people that have COPD or lung issues, or maybe um, people have that, that are smokers who have damaged lung tissue. They're all going to be at much higher risk. And so the flu we know kills between 30 to 40,000 people on average in the United States every single year. Um, and many public health authorities are concerned that the coronavirus would kill a lot more because uh, apparently it is more infectious, has a higher rate of, uh, of infection. And so, however, uh, some epidemiologists, in fact, um, one of the top epidemiologists, a Britain epidemiologist, Neil Ferguson, he actually has just come out now and said that he way overestimated. In fact, all the graphs that have been used by the CDC uh, talking about this illness, that he actually overestimated them by quite a bit. He expected over 500,000 people to die in uh, the UK from the coronavirus. Now he expects about 20,000. And he cites the fact that uh, you know, we, th he cites the social distancing and the quarantine, but he said this actually only one day after the UK um, did a quarantine, did a self-quarantine. So certainly couldn't be fully committed, fully related to the quarantine. There's got to be some other issues going on. Maybe this isn't quite as serious as what many public health authorities have led on. But nevertheless, we need to really focus in on what we can do to take care of our health and what our immune system, really how our immune system works. And most people don't realize this. We think that bacteria, viruses, different microorganisms, that these things are just out to get us. But really, we work in harmony with these things. And their job is to break down decaying matter. And our job is to become, as living beings, our job is to not, being, not be decaying matter. And our job is to be 
fully alive, vibrantly healthy, and to promote that. And so we have this built-in immune defense system, which consists of our lymph nodes, our adenoids, also called our tonsils, our respiratory system, which plays a big role in our ability to get rid of uh, high levels of microbes and to reduce our overall bacterial and viral load. So we actually are breathing in thousands of microbes with every single breath that we take. We have way more bacteria and viruses in our gut than we have cells in our body, but we work in harmony with them. And we have a certain load of bacteria and viruses that we can handle successfully. And so our body works with all of these different systems in order to keep that in balance and keep that in check. The white blood cells, which are producing our bone marrow, our thymus gland, which helps differentiate our T cells, our T helper cells, a key part of our immune system. Um, our spleen, our stomach and intestines with stomach acid and bile to help uh, sterilize and, and keep our bacterial levels down. All these systems work together. We want to honor the body that God created for us and really do what we can to support that. And so when we look at our immune cells, we have our innate immunity, which is a very rapid response, and we have an adaptive immunity. And this has to do with our T cells and our B cells. The T cells, again, are differentiated um, in our thymus gland, right? And that's why they're called the T cells. And so we have T helper cells, we have cytotoxic T cells, things like that. And then the B cells are where we create antibodies. So we tag uh, different proteins on a virus or on a bacteria and we call it an antigen. And then when the B cell sees that, it responds and attacks it. Now that's more of a memory-based. So when, we're, when we encounter an infection, our rapid response is through our innate immunity with macrophages and um, different, different lymphocytes that we have, neutrophils, eosinophils, all of these start to attack immediately. And then we develop a, an intelligence around that particular bacteria or virus, and that's where we get our T cells and our B cells starting to act. So again, rapid and slow response. And our immune system is really, really complicated and really complex, but it's quite amazing in how it works. And it all works together in synergy to help keep our bacterial and viral load down and under control so that those microbes work in harmony with our body and they help us to achieve really, really great health. And so when we break down the immune system further, we see that we have both active and passive immunity. And so passive immunity is what a baby gets when they're drinking breast milk, for example. There's immunoglobins in there. We can also get it from supplementing with things like colostrum or bovine serum albumin, um, which is another, or bovine serum immunoglobins, which that we have supplements, for example, on our store like Mega IgG um, that provide antibodies. You can also get injections with antibodies. And some people that have certain genetic conditions that don't allow them to produce uh, antibodies, we'll get these sorts of uh, injections. Now, our active immunity is what we develop in response to infections. We can also get it artificially, and that's how basically the, the idea of how vaccines work. However, I would argue that natural immunity is far more superior than artificial-based immunity. It lasts longer um, and, uh, you know, it really lasts for a lifetime. You think about things like chicken pox, it'll last for a lifetime as opposed to vaccines where you need continual boosters. 
And then there's obviously a lot of questions about the safety levels of vaccines as well. So active immunity is really, um, in a sense, the, 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 the far superior form of immunity, um, and it's what we want to build throughout the course of our life. And so we have to realize that our immune system is a muscle. And we want to ask, is our muscle, is our immunity getting stronger or weaker? And so exposure, proper exposure, along with good immune support strategies, actually allows us to get stronger. We want to build our immune muscle. And so you hear a lot of people talking about boosting the immune system or boosting immunity. And I've even used that term before, but I really, what we should be thinking about is balancing our immune system. See, a lot of people get concerned about the idea of boosting your immune system when you already have chronic inflammation or autoimmune issues. And that makes sense because the immune system's already on overdrive. Why would you want to boost it? You don't want to over respond. You don't want too much inflammation in your system. It's really about balancing. And that's where healthy lifestyle practices come is they help to balance the immune system so we have the optimal effectiveness. You know, if we have an overreactive immune system, we're creating autoimmune issues, chronic inflammation, and allergies. If our immune system is not working well, then we're more susceptible to getting something like COVID-19, getting a major infection with that, or developing things like cancer or other bacterial viral infections. So we want an ideal immune system that's very potent, very effective, and very efficient and that is what we're trying to accomplish here. So top 12 immune support strategies, you know, number one, be grateful and positive, right? Positive thinking, a grateful mindset, grateful attitude is one of the most important things we can be doing for our immune system. Really helps drive up and balance our immune system. So certainly be looking for ways that you can be in a positive mood, be caring and loving to others, and be grateful for what you have in your life. And if you do that, you're, you're going to really push your immune system in the right direction. Now, we also want to prioritize really good sleep, okay? And there are different strategies for sleep, but we know that melatonin, our sleep hormone, is the most important and potent immune-enhancing uh, hormone that we produce. And so we get good melatonin release when we sleep well, and also human growth hormone. Human growth hormone is another potent immune supporter. And so when we're sleeping, we're going to boost up that human growth hormone. Ideally, we're trying to sleep before midnight. Every hour of sleep we get before midnight is equivalent to three hours of the regenerative capacity of sleep after midnight. So trying to prioritize good sleep and getting to sleep early is super important to preventing some sort of viral bacterial infection. We want to keep our room as dark as possible. I also recommend a sleep mask. If there's light getting into your eyes or really just light in the room, that is going to impact your melatonin release. It's going to significantly reduce the amount of melatonin that's released. So we want to keep that room as dark as possible and use a sleep mask to cover our eyes for even further support so we get the full amount of melatonin release. We don't want to eat within three hours of, of sleeping. That is absolutely going to affect our sleep quality. Um, we obviously want to avoid caffeine at least within eight hours of sleeping. So if you're going to bed by 10 o'clock, you certainly wouldn't want to do caffeine after 2 p.m. Okay, very important. Now, getting sun exposure during the day is also very important. Actually, getting out and getting sun during the daytime helps set our circadian rhythm and helps you sleep better at night. Same thing with getting exercise. 
you want to get your body moving and exercise. People who exercise regularly tend to sleep much better than people who don't, but you don't want to exercise too late. I would kind of use the same principle as eating. You want to finish any sort of exercise at least three hours before sleeping, right? And ideally finish exercising and then also eating at least three hours before sleeping. Um, and then avoid bright light after sunset. So when the sun goes down in our home, we end up turning off the lights and just putting on uh, more of kind of a reddish type of light light bulb, which, which has less blue lights. We turn off the blue light emitting uh, lights and that is very important. So if you have a dimmer or you can do candlelight or just more of a red light approach at night, um, keeping things darker, that's going to be important for good melatonin release. And then you don't want to have goals after 9 p.m. I always tell people that a lot of people will tell me they get a second win at night. And the reason why is they train their body to do that because whether they were you know, on their phone looking things up or they uh, were trying to, trying to work or trying to accomplish specific goals, the action of, specific, of, of trying to accomplish specific goals is driven by your sympathetic nervous system. And you release cortisol, you release dopamine, and those hormones are going to make you feel excited and they're going to make you feel um, like you've got a ton of energy. But what happens there is you, you may be productive at night, but that's going to affect your melatonin release and your human growth hormone release. And you're not going to be able to produce the same level of immune response by going to bed later, 12, 1 at 1 a.m. You know, that's going to really, really hurt. And it's going to be hard to go to bed by 10, 11 p.m. if you're trying to accomplish goals after nine. You're not going to get as good a quality sleep because you're not going to release the melatonin you need. So really try to wind your body down after 9 p.m. Now, certainly we want to avoid processed foods of all kinds. We want to avoid gluten. We want to avoid um, conventional raised meat and dairy, refined carbohydrates and sugars. These things significantly impair our immune system. So we've got to do that. In fact, we know that a blood sugar of 120 actually impairs something called our phagocytic index or ability of our white blood cells to uh, eat and break down viruses, bacteria, and infected cells, it reduces it by 75% because it doesn't allow the vitamin C to get into the cell. Our white blood cells need a lot of vitamin C, and that allows them to withstand high levels of oxidative stress. And when we have all this sugar, sugar and vitamin C both use insulin pumps in order to get into the cell. And so the sugar has a greater affinity. It clogs up the white blood cell. It can't resist uh, oxidative stress. The white blood cell dies much faster and is less potent and effective. So keeping your blood sugar stable, practicing things like intermittent fasting and a very low carbohydrate diet, regular exercise, very important for having a good, strong immune response. And a lot of people don't think their blood sugar gets up to 120, but most people after a meal, their blood sugar is jumping up to, you know, 180, 200, and sometimes staying there for two to three hours after a meal, especially a high carb meal. So you want to make sure that you're keeping your blood sugar very stable. That's super important. I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting in order to do that. Intermittent fasting helps stimulate autophagy, which is where our body actually breaks down older damaged cells. Uh, including viral infected cells. 
Intermittent fasting helps reduce inflammation, helps support the microbiome. So it helps get rid of bad bacteria and increases our mucin uh, digesting bacteria like Ackermansia mucinophilia, which which breaks down the uh, it eats the intestinal mucus. What happens is our body responds by producing a greater and stronger level of um, of mucin, of intestinal mucus, which creates more resilience. Um, and so that's a really great at- advantage that intermittent fasting allows for us. It also helps regenerate immune cells. A lot of our immune cells are very defective um, and they're damaged from oxidative stress. And actually fasting will help our body regenerate new immune stem cells. So the immune system becomes stronger, it becomes much more efficient, less overreactive, and um, you know, just better at more potent, better at really targeting and and uh, destroying the pathogens it needs to get rid of. Now, seven ways to do intermittent fasting. You know, you can start with a simple fast, twelve hours overnight between your last meal and your first meal, uh, and then push it up to fourteen hours. Okay, and that's pretty easy. So, it's finished dinner by seven p.m. You don't eat until nine a.m. the next day. Okay, and then you can try a crescendo fast where you do 14 hours daily and then you push it to 16 hours, two days per week, like a non consecutive days, like a Monday, Friday, for example. And then you can try every other day doing that. Okay, and you can just kind of take a simple progression like this and see how your body responds. And then you can push it into that strong fast window where you're doing 16 to 18 hours daily. This is really common. A lot of people will eat their meals in an eight six to eight hour eating window. This is what I try to do. I usually eat my meals between one and seven, okay, most days. And then usually twice a week, I do a roughly a 24-hour fast. In fact, I just completed one today. I ate lunch on Wednesday, didn't eat until lunch on Thursday. So doing that can really help reset your immune system. But you want to gradually build your fasting muscle by practicing these strategies. Just kind of gradually building it up like this. It's kind of like, uh, you know, fitness. You don't want to run, go out and just all of a sudden run a marathon. You want to build up to it. You want to obviously train your body so you're able to handle that and it's not overly stressful on your system. But these are great intermittent fasting strategies that will really support your body. And then when you're eating, you want to really include the top eight immune health foods. Okay. So that's going to be things like ginger, garlic. So having soups and stews with garlic and ginger in there, apple cider vinegar, um, really powerful. Drink some water, warm water with apple cider vinegar or lemon and lime or both. Every morning when you wake up, really great strategy for helping support your immune system. Warm water itself is antiviral. um, And then the lemons and limes have vitamin C and bioflavonoids. The apple cider vinegar has malic acid and acetic acid that really support your immune system and your digestive system. Um, ginger tea. You can drink ginger tea. You can even munch on a little bit of ginger before a meal, right? Helps stimulate digestive juices. Or even when you're fasting, um, you can do that to help really trigger more autophagy and help stimulate your immune response. Okay. Uh, bone broth, really powerful thing to be drinking. It's a great time of year. Or, you know, cold and flu season is a really good time of year to be drinking broths and eating soups with mushrooms and onions and garlic in them. So good for the immune system. So really good stuff to be able to use. Try to get these things in your diet on a regular basis. Olive oil, use that on your meats, your vegetables. Um, Really powerful uh, fat 
that's rich in vitamin E, as well as polyphenols that support the immune system. So really good stuff to do. Try to get good sun exposure, right? Whenever the sun's out, try to get out there. Try to get 15, 20 minutes at least a day. And that will really help support your brain, your mood. It's going to help you sleep better at night like we talked about. It's also going to help support your immune system. It's going to help you build more vitamin D. You know, vitamin D plays a very important role in your immune system. In fact, one of the 10 signs that you know you need more vitamin D is frequent illness. If you feel like you have an immune deficiency or you just seem to get colds and fevers and flus regularly, most likely you're deficient in vitamin D. Be sure that you are getting good sun exposure and then also supplementing with vitamin D can be really, really helpful. Um, get out and move your body. So important. Movement helps stimulate lymphatic drainage. Great for stimulating uh, neurotransmitters, reducing stress in your system, improving circulation. And that's one of the keys for good immune response is having good circulation and good lymphatic drainage. And that much of that depends on movement. Movement activates what we call the skeletal muscle pump, which helps pump uh, fluid, helps pump blood and lymph lymphatic fluid through your veins, through your lymphatic system, and really helps circulate those white blood cells so they can do what they need to do. And also really good for brain as well. Helps reduce inflammation in the brain, helps stimulate the, the right neurotransmitters to help you feel good throughout the day. So get good movement. And then I always differentiate between movement and exercise. Movement is something low intensity. Exercise is something very high intensity where you're doing strength training, maybe high, high intensity interval training, like a HIIT training. You, should, you want to do that something like three to four times a week, okay? Giving yourself good rest in between, um, in between days of intense training. So something like every other day, doing some sort of high-intensity training, or um, at least give yourself you know, at least 48 hours between certain muscle groups. I personally like to work out intensely. I do four days a week of intense training. It's usually Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So Monday and Thursday are upper body focused on upper body training, Tuesday and Friday, lower body, okay? And then the other days I just move. I play with my kids. I might take a light jog. You know, nothing super intense, but I do try to move a lot on the other days, um, but not as vigorously as I do on my intense training days. And that really allows me to recover well because you don't want to overtrain your system. You want to get the right amount of training. And then hydrate your body well. 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated. Get a good quality water filtration system like a reverse osmosis or a big Berkey or um, a hydrogen water system that adds molecular hydrogen to your water, which is powerful. Um, that's what I personally use. But try to make sure you're drinking good, clean water and you're hydrating well. At least half your body weight in ounces of water daily. That will help you pee out. You know, Really, we got to pee our way to good health. Um, good hydration helps us eliminate a lot of toxins, really helps with our liver function and also with our lymphatic system and our immune system. So making sure you're hydrating well is super important. You'll notice better energy, better mental clarity, and a more efficient immune response, less inflammation in your system and a better immune response when you're hydrating your body effectively. Half your body weight in ounces. What that means would be like some 160 pounds. Um, that would be 80 ounces of water daily. And you want to drink most of that between meals, not with your food, away from food, because you don't want to dilute your stomach acid and your digestive enzymes. You want to be drinking that away from your meals. So hydrating well outside of your mealtime, during your fasting window, 
great time to be hydrating well. Now, probiotics, huge fan of utilizing these uh, to help support your immune system. Most people respond well to probiotics. They're powerful. A lot of research on their immunomodulatory effects, meaning they help balance the immune system. They help support a more effective and efficient immune response. So good quality probiotics can be really helpful. Great thing to be taking to prevent a cold fever or flu um, or some sort of viral infection like the coronavirus. Health benefits of vitamin C. Vitamin C would definitely be a go-to to help prevent against some sort of infection. Usually I recommend something like one gram twice a day for maintenance and support. Um, and then if you do come down with uh, you know, major symptoms, you can do something like three to five grams uh, four to five times a day, You know, getting somewhere around 15 to 20 grams or until what we call bowel tolerance when you start to have loose stools, okay? And that's a sign that you're, you're, you've loaded your vitamin C and your body's now excreting it out through the bowels. So, uh, but up until then, your body's really utilizing that. So high dose vitamin C can be really helpful if you're fighting against a virus. Now, again, maintenance, something like 500 milligrams to one gram twice a day can be really effective for that, for helping prevent against things. And then what we've got to talk about also is hyperthermia, really getting, getting your body warm and in heat. So doing something like infrared saunas, really powerful, great support for the immune system, drives up your immune response and really helps it become much more effective. So getting in a sauna on a regular basis, whether you're dealing with the virus, um, for sure, you know, then it's a really great thing to do. And also preventatively can be extremely effective. So great strategies. And then, you know, another thing to consider would be something like a three-day fast, like a water fast or a bone broth fast or something like that in order to really take stress off your system and allow your body to ramp up autophagy and get rid of the viral infected cells. So doing a fast, really powerful for your immune response will help you if you're fighting a cold fever or flu and uh, will help you prevent it as well. So doing something that like that on a regular basis can be helpful. It could be a water fast, could be like a green juice fast or a bone broth fast. Uh, what I would recommend would be consuming less than 60% of your normal calorie load. So most people are needing like somewhere between 2,000 to 3,000 calories. So if you do something like 800 calories or less, okay, you're going to get a lot of great benefits. Doing that for three to five days, really powerful for your immune response. So whether it's bone broth or green juice or even something like the fasting mimicking diet can be really, really helpful for your body. Okay. And I, I really like more of that liquid fast, like a bone broth or green juice fast can be really powerful. You can also do a water fast. Water fasts are fantastic for your body. Um, really great for helping reset your immune system. So all good strategies here. Hopefully you guys got a lot of value out of this training. You know, be sure to stay healthy, um, be a loving support for the people in your life, help encourage them, support them. And um, you guys uh, all take care, be blessed. And uh, certainly if you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do and hit the bell button so you get all notifications every time I go live. And if you have questions or comments, um, go ahead and leave those below and we'll look to answer those. Be blessed, everybody. Bye. 
Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.